group of 13 down to 12 with missing Ralph Street. Tim Robertson, goodness me, what has happened to Tim? Because he is 44 seconds. Oh my God. Magnus Tivets. Oh, oh, oh. I think he read the course wrong there. And ran the wrong direction. And it was some minutes waste there. Hello everyone and welcome to the Orienteer pod. And firstly, an apology. We said, we promised you last week that we would meet up, do an episode at Tiamila and release it. And uh, we just didn't get around to it. So we're very sorry. Here we are a couple of days after Tiamila. And uh, that means that the focus of this episode will be on Tiamila. And now I've said Tiamila about 10 times in a row. So that's not very good. But the episode will be better, we promise. So my name is Ralph Street, and I'm joined here by Tim Robertson and Magnus Dewitt. We're going to talk about orienteering, and then we're not going to talk about orienteering. So hold on to your seats. It's going to be exciting. How are you, Tim? Pretty good. Yeah. Didn't even see you um, at Tim Miller. So travelled no. all the way up to Hulefteo, and the only person I saw from the orienteer pod was Magnus for about five minutes after I'd finished my race. And last episode, we did give an exclusive that you would not be running, Tiamila. What can you tell the viewers about that, uh, the listeners even? Well, I've finally got a diagnosis on my knee. It's a problem with the tendon just before it goes over the kneecap. And I've been told that I'm allowed to train through a little bit of pain and rest every second day. So I signed myself up to the shortest leg at Tiamila and... Yeah, it was really fun to have a race with the guys. Cool. And how was, I didn't, I saw, I actually managed to see Magnus. I didn't see you. So how are you, Magnus, since, uh, when did I see you? Thursday. Yeah, we saw each other, not really at Chiwila, but Swedish League, which were the Thursday before Chiwila. And I saw you really shortly because it seemed like you were about to miss your start. It seemed quite in a hurry. Says something yeah. about you had your accommodation like two hours north of Tumula, so you had to go pretty far out and back. Yeah, yeah so we stayed in. There. Uh, well, um, everyone thinks the Norwegians have got loads of money, but um, we saved a lot of money by by not staying in Chileftio, stayed an hour north. So, bit of driving in the car, but um, just speaking about driving and long trips, I wonder who had the longest trip to Tumula. There must be some pretty heftic uh, travel stories there. Flights delayed, long drives, strange travel options with train and plane and car connections. So people should write in. Let us know if you think that you had the longest travel time to or from Timila. Should we give out a prize for the the longest travel? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why don't we Why don't we give out a straight compass so next time they can get straight home a little bit faster? Hopefully it's not a person who is sponsored by Silver. It'd be a shame. But I went up there the Wednesday before, straight from uh, Switzerland. We had the rock selection races in um, yeah in Switzerland, and we had to go through three flights to get to Skleftio. So I think eventually it took 14 hours to get there. So it was quite a big one. How did your test races go? Like absolute shit, to be honest. Like since the beginning of March, I have been sick for six weeks. So complete out of shape. I desperately tried to get somewhat fit. 
I think I succeeded with that after two weeks of training. Got to Switzerland and then I got sick again the day leading up to the test races. And since I did, didn't have anything to lose, I just tried to send the races anyway. And that wasn't the greatest success. So unfortunately, no work this year either. But I got healthy for two meters at least. So that That's was at least something. So yeah, not the best start to the season for my part, I hope. I can advance from here. There's still the World Cup and European Champs coming up later in the season, so it's not over yet. Yeah, lots of fun orienteering to get on with later. Yeah, surely. How about you, Ralph? You went straight from Oslo? Yeah, so we flew Oslo, Stockholm, Stockholm, Lulio. So a bit of an adventure. Um, also on the Wednesday, so left Norway on the 17th of May, which is the Norwegian National Day. So that was a bit special, I guess. Yeah, around I this... something about on the 17th of May in Norway, you eat a lot of sausages and ice cream. Is that true? I've, I think I've only ever been in Norway one day. I've lived here six years and I've only been home one day on 17th of May. So I, I have no idea what they get up to. I think they just get really drunk. That's how they do. How many flights did you have, Tim, to get there? Zero. I was so unorganized that by the time I decided to go to Tiamila, my only option left was to take the car. So I drove up. Um, Emma made a last-minute decision to come with me. So we were camping by a small lake on the way and doing a rerun of the, I think, 2015 Swedish League final. Really beautiful terrain. And then driving up the rest of the way on, must have been Thursday afternoon. So I missed the Swedish league, but made it to Tiamila. And how was your Tiamila? It was pretty good for our guys. We had Timo missing this year. He's back in Helsinki uh, expecting a baby. So it's exciting news, but we didn't have him there with our club. So we had a last minute step in on the, on the third leg. Uh, just missing the long night train with an unfortunate mistake coming down into the arena. Otherwise, we would have been with that first group. So oh, we were happy with how the reader played out. And it was pretty great from my side to be able to run again, even if the feeling wasn't so good physically and I made some mistakes. What did you I saw you the end? on TV, Ralph. Big effort, winning your league. Nice to see the big lag at colours up the front leading Team Illyrile. Yeah, I think we had uh, a really fun evening, actually. Like, it's much better to be in the lead and then fall off a little bit. It, you know, it gets the guys all hyped and everyone who's watching at home is is super pumped up for it. So, yeah, we had a really, a really fun performance and did a really good job, especially like we've had a lot of injury problems and sickness this year. So not everyone's fit, but everyone turned up and, did the best they could on the day. So like, you've got to be happy with that. I think, um, I, f I feel really old saying this, but like, it's the, like, when you perform well, when everyone does their job, that's the, like a real good buzz. And yeah, for some teams that's like winning or top five. And for us, we were 17th. So it really good. And yeah, I got to run long night, which one of these like legendary things you've heard about, about, chasing the chasing the train so yeah that was a fun experience have you done that leg before no uh, normally my, my first time yeah because normally you you used to run the first leg right i've only run day legs at tiamila before never even run first leg at tiamila 
ever run with a headlamp before even yeah un- yeah i was kind of super psyched for a day leg went out and then uh the first three controls were at night one year so that was a bit sketchy i think we had a kind of similar experience on on our team we were 72nd last year but even after firelex this year we were number 15 only like two or four minutes down and i think with our team that it's is really good. So we ended up being fortieth with me being uh, the anchor leg. So it's quite fun, better than I expected with this team. I've got a story from Long Night. I don't know if you can remember, but there's this big long leg after you cross the road from control six to control seven. And Lucas is in the lead, right? And he makes a little bit of a mistake coming into sixth control. Lucas Leland? Yeah, Lucas Leland from from Rokulina. he's he's the boss he's the train driver and everyone's just hanging on but he makes a little mistake into the sixth control it means that some of us get there first and there's a big route choice like you don't know which way he's going to go so i've and i've had a look before and there's this road down at the bottom of the hill and this road at the top of the hill or you can just you know th- those are the two options i'm looking at he comes in he get he punches the control and everyone sort of stops and and looks up and he un- lucas unfolds his map and he asks the group, like, oh, is it allowed to run on the road? And someone answers, like, yes. Thinking, oh, brilliant. Like, Lucas is going to pick one of these road options. It's fantastic. So we start smashing it through the green to get to this path. And then I'm really excited. Like, is he going to pick left or is he going to pick right? Uh, like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Follow him and then we'll work it out. Gets the path. Bam. Straight across the path we're going straight i was like oh no like come on lucas man so he was just teasing you it was teasing us what a sneaky boy (laughs) that's quite you guys were running away from the second group so it must have paid off i i mean he he did a good job on that on those legs so yeah was it a big send or was it okay it was a big set like a really big send at the start like to the second control that was really fast on that path and then it kind of like, it was a bit, it was a bit weird actually. It was like varying the pace, like in the forest, I kind of felt comfortable and we'd, we were a bit unsure into quite a lot of the controls. So there's a bit of looking around and everyone's trying to basically find the flag and help out. And then whenever we got on the paths or the roads again, just absolutely going for it. What do you mean by help out? Like you, everyone in the group, right? wants the group to go as fast as possible, but everyone knows that the group will only go fast if Lucas is leading. So you want to like help Lucas find the control as fast as possible without actually like getting in his way. Does that make sense? So we come in and everyone's like, some of the guys are looking on the left and some are on the right and Lucas is at the front. And then like, you see a reflex like (laughs) left. (laughs) So just expanding his headlight kind of. Exactly. It's the Kipchoge formation of night orienteering. (laughs) Did your team pick a target, perform well towards the end as well? I, well, I think I think the performances were good, but uh, but we lost time. But I mean, you're you're running against basically guys who take world champs medals. Yeah, I guess some of the teams really have some strong runners in the last three legs. I mean, we were tenth going out on last leg, and we got overtaken by basically Gustav, Casper, Anton, uh, August Molien, like. Just like, you know, who's who of international or- orienteering. I've run that last leg 
um, back when I was running for Fossum, we were also in a really good position and I remember being passed by several world champions. It's a cool experience, but pretty demoralizing at the same time. Yeah. It's another level out there. How was your online slack, Tim? I think it was 6.9k, right? Yep. Yeah, that's about right. I felt pretty bad physically. That was to be expected. I haven't been running since mid-March. And yeah, technically it wasn't so great either, but I was quite surprised to come back and see that it only lost about three minutes on the fastest time and it held my place. So it's quite motivating for me um, for the next coming months of training before World Champs. I hope that I can start to step things up and get a bit of endurance before uh, the middle in the relay at World Champs this year. Are you pre-selected or how does it work in New Zealand? We have our selection races over Easter. So I need to, as a European-based athlete running for New Zealand, I need to do a world ranking event before Easter or around Easter time that they then use to compare my shape, basically, um, to the other athletes over here in Europe. So I've been pre-selected for the for the middle distance uh, in the relay, subject to my knee, obviously. What about Rudolf? You have the same selection races? Yeah, we've got these international test races in Switzerland in first weekend of June. So that's my test race for WOC. I'll be there too. So I'm going... Sorry? I'll be there too. Oh, lovely. It's going to be great. We're going to have the Danish Sprint Jams that weekend. Was there a reason why we were having our selection races a bit earlier? So it does, so it didn't clash. So sadly, I will miss out on that. Would have been nice though to have some weeks to get fit. Yeah, that was bad timing, but hopefully it all goes well at the sprint champs. We're heading down to Lund this weekend for the Swedish sprint champs. So they've also tucked that into a pretty stepped and full program this year. But it looks like a pretty interesting area. It will be a bit of a challenge, I think, quite technical. I have no idea where it is. South Sweden, close to Malmo. Speaking of random sprint orienteering in the middle of the forest season, you were running the Norwegian sprint relay champs, Ralph, and I believe the men ran first leg. Were you running yeah, first? Yeah, we've done or... them already. We've we've done them already. Yeah, and I ran men, like you said, men uh, men ran first because then someone's someone in Norwegian orienteering apparently knows that the international program is going to change and that they're going to change the order of the sprint relay which i think could be a podcast exclusive i did know that trumpet apparently me too that's very interesting news i got to run i got to run first leg which was i'm not sure it's a sensible idea actually like getting a bunch of hyped up men and getting them to charge around a forest like a town because you get into these situations where you've got a 50-50 route choice and you come back against like come back against the field and I think it's just an opportunity to people to get injured basically. I guess the women are hyped too or yeah I guess we should probably edit that out. Give it in who knows. <coughs> mm. Well I mean I think what is it mass and velocity and generally the men are bigger so that's more force right did you any of you do physics i was not very good at physics i was not very good either maybe we should get johnny on the podcast johnny quickmore friends of the pod friend of the podcast 
physics. Quantum physics. Yeah. And he could do some analysis on what is smartest to have men or women on the first leg of sprint relay based on physics. I've always wanted them to add a two-person sprint relay to the world champs. I think that would open up the game for a lot of the smaller nations that don't have two and two strong runners, but do have one strong man and one strong woman. I think that would be pretty exciting. Like you and your sister, maybe? Yeah, me and my sister, me and Lizzie, maybe. Oh, yeah. But you could look at, I think, a lot of nations that could put in a really strong team with that theory. If you look at uh, Ukraine, for example, with uh, Nadia Velenska has been running really well previous years, and someone like Rizlan, imagine that pairing. I think they could keep up with the best. Who should start first, men or women? In this relay, in this format. Yeah. Oh, tricky. I reckon you run twice, so the legs would be a oh, bit yeah, shorter. yeah, so basically I'm cross-country skiing, so we yeah, have yeah, several this, legs. This style. So even and then probably because it would be pretty tough for the biggest nations if there were only two people making the sprint relay team. Probably you'd need to allow for two, three, maybe nah, even four teams nah, in that case. Nah, now nah. we're going cutthroat. I think yeah, it would be so throat. messy when you have to overtake China during such a format. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cool formats that could be done if there were more races to go to in orienteering. Have you guys ever, do you know what a Palmer challenge is? No, I you get, heard of it. You have a start in the middle. It's, you have a start in the middle and you go out and you hang out one control. You run to control two and try and get back to the finish in time. And your partner or your opponent does the opposite way, goes to goes second control and then the first control and back. And basically first person to the finish wins. That I way you've done something kind of similar. Knock out head to head orienteering. That does sound good. I've, I've done a similar one. It was um, stripper orienteering. You take off an item of clothing at each control that you get to, and somebody runs the course in the other direction and does the same thing. And there's a point in the middle where you overlap both runners with no clothes on, and then you put on the items of clothing from the person who's run the opposite direction to you and come back this into the arena, getting... hopefully with all the clothes if you've found the controls. I've sensed that might be being broadcast on a special channel <laughs> rather than NRCore, maybe. Yeah. Or SVT. So can you choose the amount of clothes pieces yourself? Or I can remember like, when we did that, all start. of the guys were starting in shorts and a t-shirt and some of the girls were layering up. So you can just have like two layers on or two pieces and you have to have six controls before a switch. So four controls naked. Some of the Swedish clubs do naked orienteering championships, I think. I heard that Ukulene does it and, you know... Tiamila winners last year. Maybe that's their secret. Like beer? Beer every day? No, no. Totally of... sober. Hard to imagine. Speaking of more orienteering formats, I saw the Danish team ran a short distance. Did you not read the bulletin for World Champs and see that there isn't a short distance there? Or why were you guys running that? I'm a bit unsure, but eventually thing is like you have another shot at showing your strengths from middle distance, plus they use it for relay as well. So you but the relay is longer have... than the middle. Struggling to see the logic. Me neither. I'm just trying to. <laughs> it's tough at altitude. I would like you have another chance of showing your your potential, basically. So if you really perform well in one of them, they will like look into that that performance. I guess the middle uh, qualification like... too will be quite short, a bit like the short distance that you ran. 
but it won't be the same day, right? No, it has I been missed like the short before. distance. You've run some as a junior, and sometimes in Sweden when they have three races on three days, one of them one of them's an actual twenty five minute middle distance. I think apart from the Jaywalk Middle, I've never done one. But it was only a short distance for Gustav Berman. It was more like half an hour for the rest of us. <laughs> a normal walk winning time. It was quite fun. We ran the short distance in the exact same terrain of the walk middle distance in 2003. So it was quite quite fun to see that terrain 20 years after. I think I know every inch of that map from catching features. It's a quite small map, so it wouldn't be the worst worst map to, to learn. So a uh, historic win on the women's side, first and second place to EFK Gothenburg. Um, surprised, Tim? Not when I looked at the teams on paper, no. Me and Emma had a chat about it on the way up to Hulefteo and thought that if they didn't get a 1-2, then something might have gone wrong. No, they, I think they were the strongest teams on paper, at least the first team. I was quite surprised that the second team did so well. They were like leading a lot of the relay. And I'm quite surprised that EFK Gothenburg haven't won before. Yeah, that might be the biggest surprise there. But it was a quite interesting relay to watch. A lot happened during those five legs. Yeah, it got exciting how they kept pulling apart and then coming together again. And even the sprint finish for third. I think it was Nudale, VS, Stuartuna. I think the Calavan. I'm surprised the Calavan Rasti team didn't challenge. Actually, I think I think they're a good team on paper. I think they could have been second. But yeah, I mean, who's going to beat next year? Seven legs for the women. Anyone going to get close to Ifkan Gothenburg? Be a tough ask. On, on paper, I guess not. I was thinking, like, does anyone know offhand who the best second team was apart from Ifkan Gothenburg? I have the results here. Just have a look. Gothenburg, Mariana. Their second team. I think so, yeah. In 29th place. It's really strong too. And then it was Lenny. And, uh, sorry, Intanui 3 in 37th. So that's definitely another one that will be strong with a seven-person relay. I suppose there are like a couple of people maybe who are quite good on some of the other teams, but it's much easier to look at the second teams. And some of the legs will be in the night. Maybe they will have something to say. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be exciting to follow. When will it split up between with legs? I think it was after three legs for the women. Then there will be four to follow up. Simultaneously with the men? No, not at the same time. I think at first it sounds like quite a big mess, this new format, but maybe I have to see it out. Yeah, I struggled to understand the format when I was reading the document, but... I guess it's... Uh... For those that don't know, the Swedish Orienteering Federation has brought in a rule which says you have to have equal competitions or the competitions have to be the same format between men and women. I think that's what the rule is. So Tia Miedler is changing from five legs in the women to eventually 10 in the future, but it will be seven legs next year with, I think Tim said, Tim's had three at night and four in the day. And what's going to happen is they run, the men run three legs, then the women will run three legs at night, and then the men will start and run seven legs from the, sometime in the middle of the night. 
to the early morning and then the women will run their final four legs. That's going to be the format. It's going to be a really tough evening for all the managers and coaches. Yeah. Some sleepless nights. But maybe it's going to be less messy than the men's start this year. I didn't see the men's start. So can you describe it to me, please? Well, both in the women's and men's relay, they did a system probably most similar to what you see in cycling where they have a neutral zone in a town before they head off for their 300 kilometer bike race so they're behind a safety car riding at a very slow pace and then the safety car pulls away so they were inside the arena all lined up with their maps and then they were walked out of the arena behind a little quad bike and then eventually the quad bike pulled away and they were allowed to start but it was chaos from watching and from what I've heard from people that were involved. So I heard from the women's side that uh, they were allowed to read their maps or they were looking at their maps already when they were walking out of the arena because the time had started. So that was quite strange. And then in the men's, um, uh, one of your Danish friends there, Magnus, fell over and he's actually broken his rib, completed the first leg from what I understand, but had to go to hospital afterwards and had a pretty rough night i didn't even hear that before now we were a lot of guys wondering what was going on because he was really losing a lot of time consistently a broken rib probably does that to you you know all about it you've had one before too haven't you i have but not like doing a race it's just a stress fracture i guess getting in not a huge fan of this starting format i have to say i think it's a danger for the runners and when they had so much space outdoors i don't understand why they couldn't just start it like a normal relay and they had to walk through this really narrow alleyway i think it got quite tense there not enough space really for all the guys people trying to overtake each other yeah so hopefully we don't see that format used again is that all is do you think we covered all the orienteering for now i'm sure everyone has a their own little stories from team miller that's one of the beauties about this night relay is that everybody that's, travels home with a unique story of their experience in the forest i find really funny it was really cool to see uh nt nue win and they have like this tradition if you change first you have to pull down the pants while you cross the finish line and they had a lot of guys in the end changing first and I was like sitting in the arenas watching it. It's quite hilarious. Some of them just went almost 100 meters with the cameras on, pulled down their pants. So they're really stuck to the tradition. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. I think it's ridiculous. I think they should be disqualified. <laughs> they're not following the full body cover rule. Oh, that's pretty strict in yeah. Sweden. Vestavik in the women's class got disqualified. One of, one of their girls was punching the control first on the long day leg and had to wake up the control. It had been put into um, sleep mode. So she must have heard another control box nearby beeping. Uh, the other runners around her told the organizers that she was there, but they were disqualified. So pretty harsh, pretty tough. That was Lena Eliasson, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, she was like one of the first women to change show as well. It's quite sad. Actually, I'll tell you what, we need to give a shout out to, was it Benjamin Nusland as well? Absolute king of the first league. Snuck away in the first four. The Umeå Umeå guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, but I think everyone was was rooting for him on the TV. 
to get back first because it got pretty close at the end there after he snuck away with the two-minute lead in the middle. Yeah, he pulled away with Helden, right? Yeah, and then, and then dropped Helden. And then they had a short interview just before the arena with uh, his dad, and he was like, my son will definitely win the sprint. He got the longer legs, and sure he did. That knew yeah, his it was son. A pretty awesome moment. Okay, let's wrap this team up. I heard some rumors about Ralph got another quiz for us. Oh yeah. Well, after the success of last uh, the sounds of orienteering quiz, which may be returning in a later episode, I've got a new quiz, and it's called the handover. So I am your coach, and you're running in my in my fantasy relay in my fantasy relay team. Um, but we've had a bit of injury and illness, so the guys that you're looking for at the changeover are not the guys that you thought originally. And because I'm a horrible, horrible person, I'm not going to tell you who you're handing over to, but I'm just going to give you some clues about who they might be. So, athlete number one that you're handing over to. Are we just buzzing as soon as we think we're right? Yeah, I think I think buzz in. We play play you off against each other. It's like right. the youth relay. The two of you running the leg, and whoever can get to the handover first, they're the best. Um, so, this this orienteer is a member of their country's peace and arbitration organization. Do we get more clues or are we got to guess it just from that? You're going to get more clues. And hopefully the clues will get more and more obvious as we go I'm through. I'm scared to do a premature buzz like last time and let Magnus get all the points. Their favorite football team plays in green and white. It's Gustav. It's correct. It's Gustav, Gustav Bergman. Bergman. One point to Tim. Other clues coming up would have been. I, I, I want to hear some. You want to hear some more facts about Gustav Bergman? I'm like, I feel Tim knows. I just know. To a, to I know how much of a fan of this football club he is. So, um, he's got 13 walk medals. Jesus. Born in 1990, runs mostly in orange kit when in Scandinavia. And won the long, won the long and middle distance national championships every year. 2018 until the 2022 middle distance that's a pretty cool start that's pretty impressive that is pretty impressive those are all my facts about good stuff well what is this football team hammerby i had a bit of really local knowledge there i've lived in uh hammerby Hoden, very close so they were technically stockholm, my right? home club when i was there yep south stockholm so tim is in the lead by quite far. one nil athlete number two you guys are running multiple legs Congratulations. On a training camp, they once borrowed a tractor. Yeah, could have said. He might have done that, but he's not the answer I'm looking for. I got an idea. Tank, trailer. According to their Wikipedia page, their fan club is run by Joseph Lynch. This is Daniel Hoodman. This is Daniel Hoodman. Oh, that might have been a tie. I think it was first. Who's internet connection slower? (laughs) Bit of a delay there from your side, I think. Uh, we'll have to listen to the recording and, and see. Surely 2-0. I know I that it Daniel, he's, he's borrowed one of those DM. little three-wheeler truck things in Italy that they have. I've got a photo yeah. of sitting in the back while he's driving one of those to, to the quarantine. But I didn't <laughs> know about the tractor story. Other fun facts. Born in 1983, 28 Wok medals. Only finished outside the top 10 on three occasions at Wok. That's out of 41 races. Is that all when he's like nearly 40? 
uh, one like the first ever race he ran and then yeah the couple in the last couple of years would you bet your apartment on a walk medal from him this year no he is that good that was a long pause to think about it though yeah but we'll crop it out in editing so it will sound instant and harsh (laughs) 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 um controversial opinion daniel hoodman best ever men's orienteer no i think terry shushu got something over him i think uh his walk medal stats is quite impressive if you base it on the gold medals i think we might save this discussion for another episode if that's all right yeah more fun facts about him or um runs in orange and white in scandinavia used to run in black and yellow for my club used to run in red and green Christian Sand? That's, that's true. Probably another club in there before Christian Sand, I guess. Athlete number three. You need to, you need to get on the ball, Magnus. Um, this runner's favourite shoes are Crocs. Um, I feel I should notice. Runs in yellow and black kit in Scandinavia. Only the third person from their country to become individual world champion. Born Is it in, Megan? It's Megan Carter Davis. Yes, three nil. You you didn't get the two nil before. It was the tie. Still, you're getting demolished. It's impressive, Tim. Born in 1996, and my favourite fact, which is ended Tove Alexanderson's walk winning streak. One of my I other favourite facts about her. I don't know if it's a hundred percent fact or not, but I heard she didn't used to do any interval training and just discovered it pretty much last year. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I know she's been down at the athletics club in the last year and running some ridiculous times on like 400 meter reps. Yeah. So maybe it's not I'm 100% sure she's fact, done interval training before. That's what I thought when I was told that maybe somebody's just having me on. We can interview her in Switzerland and, and ask her if this is true or not. Let's do it. I didn't know about the Crocs. I hope that's true because I send her Instagram reels of these trucks crocs whenever i whenever they appear on on my feed <laughs> does she respond to them uh, yeah i think so yeah right athlete four final athlete you boy you've done a really good job it's a pretty strong so team by the way but it is a strong team um according to google translate if this athlete's surname means friend in their own language do we know which language that would give it away i think I have been Tim Robertson's teammate, but we haven't ever handed over to each other. Tim Your Estonian is not that good. I live in Finland, but I don't like heavy metal. What? Born in 1993. Won a silver medal at home ground last year. Home ground. Must be Estonia. And it's not Timo. Did you say they live in Finland? They live in Finland. I'm stuck. Not your teammate anymore. Runs for, I'm going to guess, the biggest club in the world? Probably. I don't know whether that's true or not. Might be true. Have you got more facts or are we... But I've currently run out of facts. I can't tell if I'm just having a big mind blank or if I actually don't know it. I'm pretty sure you've heard Like you should know it more than me. If I've been in their club. Fossum? From Fossum? Not Fossum. Can't be Fossum. None of them have moved to Finland. 
maybe teammate was is the wrong word maybe clubmate is a better suggestion i feel like there will be a lot of listeners who has already guessed it by now must be some and they they won on home ground last year are yeah. they finish silver medal were there any races in finland last year mate that's what i was trying to work out whistling but it wasn't remember going to finland so then i'm i'm feel like they need to be Estonian because there were races in Estonia. Who got a medal in Estonia? It's not Daniel again, is it? It's not, no. <laughs> someone is someone Estonian. A silver medal in what exactly? In the middle distance. I was in New Zealand there, so I didn't I didn't follow oh, European oh, champs. Must be European I mean, champs. European was it Lowry? It wasn't Lowry. Yeah, because he's still my teammate. Melahayu? Oh it's uh Everly. It's Everly I was having a mind blank. Who again? Is this embarrassing? Heavily and her last name means means friend. According when I put her name into Google Translate, it said my boyfriend Everly. And I went, <laughs> mm, that's probably not right. Moved it around that's a bit, great. and eventually it said friend. We got another good so last name are, in our club. If you are Estonian, please write in and tell us. What was the name again? Kasiku. Kasiku. Oh, you really stumped me. I was thinking on the men's side and. All three of our Estonian runners still run for our club and didn't get a silver. I was really stuck there. <laughs> How many points did you get, Magnus? Maybe one on the second question. <laughs> Who would have to find out? Go to VAR. But find now it's out. one all with the quiz challenge. Yeah. Good job. I like this quiz, but I feel like it could it could come again. But with some runners, I know better. I'll pick, I'll pick some Danish runners for you next time, mate. Like even then, I'm afraid Tim will... Have an advantage. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll be sounds of orienteering next, and you'll uh, you'll be able to crush him. Do we have any uh, speaking on something different? The ranking of the Sveriges tabellen. Who is leading that one? I started having a look at it, building a spreadsheet, but it's not finished yet. And I need to get your archives, archived results from this year, so that I can add up the points. I did see a fun stat, though, in the rules, though, that if you break a compass, you lose a point. Ooh. Has anyone broken a compass this year? I have an exclusive because a tumular to the second leg, I broke my compass. Is that a minus point? I broke my oh, knee, dear, too, Magnus. so I haven't been running since tumula. You've also been sick and not starting a few races, so I think you might be on minus points for the season. I'm doing whatever I can to challenge you in this table. Maybe right, it's a tie. Well, we'll we'll update listeners on the table when it's finished. Yeah, hopefully next by episode. the next episode. Cool. Next episode, post-test races. We could always get together while I'm there and film one. I mean, that didn't go very well at Tiamila, but I'm happy to happy to try. I feel like the half the problem was you staying two hours north. I take no responsibility for this at all. Let's see if we're staying closer than two hours away. You'd have to be in another country just about if you're two hours away from Flims. And you were not really allowed to leave the house, or how was it, Tim? Yeah, it was pretty warm that day before, so we weren't going anywhere. Yeah, and you don't come from a nice warm country, so you're not used to it. No, that was the warmest day of the year by far. I Not thought it was pretty funny how the they arena. fixed this indoor arena with the air conditioning and it would have been the perfect arena if it had been horrible weather. And then everybody was outside enjoying the sun. <laughs> like if you f- thought it was too hot, then the arena would have been perfect. It's a bit more chill in there. True, true. 
that ice hockey hall. Good. Um, oh, your dream team. Do it. I mean, just quickly, we've got seven minutes yeah. before we have to yeah. get out of here. So I've been asking Chat GPT for some uh, dream team suggestions. I must say, I'm not particularly impressed by it. I asked it to start with for a Tiamila team of dream runners, and it only gave me six runners. So I'm not sure they're going to finish either the Tiamila men's race or they've got too many. They've got a spare for the uh, for the women's. They even got it wrong with the upcoming format for next year. Yeah. Would have been clearer if it had worked that out, but not quite. So what I did ask it was I asked it for one runner from each country. And after trying really hard and me telling it, you can't pick Daniel Hoodman and Matthias Kibbutz because they're both from Switzerland. And it trying that multiple times. It did eventually come up with a team. First it our first it gave me a team with uh multiple runners. So it's got Gustav Bergman, Olav Lundenes, Magna Daly, Martin Regborn, Thierry Georgiou, Emil Svensk, Yerkulisel, Magna Daly again, Gustav Bergman again, and Olav Lundenes again, because they haven't run enough early on in the race. And the women's team, it suggested Tobe Alexanderson, Caroline Olsen, Marika Taini, Natalie Gempele, and Judith Vida come back on leg five. So then I coerced it into picking only one from each country. Gone for the dream team, Tova Alexanderson, Venla Hariu, Maya Alm, Svetlana Miranova, and Denisa Kosova. It's interesting that it mixed it up there. I mean, it's gone it's, from having it's Natalia a good, it's a good to team. having Svetlana. If I'm honest, I don't think it really knows what it's doing. So AI is not coming to be an orienteering coach in the next couple of years. I saw that there's the a Eukala manager. Are you got involved with that, yeah. The yeah. game. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed because I was worth less money than all of my teammates in COVID. <laughs> Are you guys I'm, not, actually... I'm not involved. I'll go to Yukula this year. Yeah, I'm planning to. Yep. Me Another too. Showdown. For the first time in, I think, seven years. So maybe we can have our episode there together since we feel the tumula. Yeah, let's try to make that happen. Men's team, one from each country. Gustav Bergman, Olaf Lindenes, Daniel Hoodman, Luca Basse, Wojciech Kral, Tim Robertson, Alexi oh. Niemi, Timo Sild, Yannick Michels, and Gernot Kirschbaumer. It's two COVID runners there. Gernot Imsen. Previously yeah. three. It's not bad. A lot of sprinters on that team. I think, yeah, to be honest, I don't the, think I've put the myself on that around. list. Be fine. True. Yeah, Gustav on first leg. That's an interesting one. I think, I think that team... It'd be hard to beat. I don't think there's going to be many people hanging on on by the time it's leg three. <laughs> I don't know if I can orienteer on my own, though. I might be getting caught by the group. I hope that sixth leg is short. Right. That is the end of today's episode. Rather a lot of orienteering chat, actually. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm sure there'll be less next time we do it. Um, we'll see you in, I'm not going to promise anything, sometime in the future if uh, we don't get cancelled. So, bye from me. See ya. Bye from me. Ralph Street goes into the new leading time there. 35.08. Oh, we have to say that uh, Magnus David must have quite a good race, actually. Tim Robertson, I'm not surprised. He's really good in space.